Welcome everybody to the Get Me Started podcast. This is episode three. I'm Thea and today I'm here with Daniel. Before we get started today, I'd first like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, who are the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and this land was, is and always will be traditional Aboriginal land. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Indigenous persons listening today. Now, on today's episode, we've got our very first guest. So for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this episode runs on a format of two different kinds of episodes, one being solo episodes in which I engage with the community on Facebook to gain insights and thoughts about the topics that I'll be presenting on, which then guide the conversation when I record on my own. And then for guest episodes, I bring in somebody who's passionate about anything and let them tell you guys all that they know and all that they think about their chosen topic in the hopes that each and every one of you can come to realize that you all have a passion which is worth exploring. So today I have my very good friend, Daniel, on the podcast with me. A lot of you within the community will know DJ for being one of the kindest people you've ever met, who's always passionate about everything that he does. I've known DJ since my first year of university and we've really grown up together and I guess grown into our sort of more mature selves at the same time, which has been a lovely experience and a lovely journey to have a friend with. DJ is an artist, a DJ, a producer, and he also works in men's mental, men's mental health through the Man Cave. And this all links in to everything he's going to talk about with us today, which is all about the dopamine matrix and how being intentional and excited about the things in your life can make you a much better person overall. So welcome to the podcast, DJ. Thank you for being my first guest. Thanks for having me, Thee. Wow, what a what an intro. <laughs> Lots of words. Um, Yeah, it's great to be here. And like just before getting into it, I also wanted to uh, echo your sentiments and acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of which I'm recording this podcast over in Brunswick, the Rwandari people of the Kulin Nation. Yeah, lovely to have you, Deej. Um, Obviously, in lockdown, things are a little bit different than maybe we'd planned, but hopefully we can bring this to everyone in our virtual recording format and see where this all takes us. Um, first up, how you going? How's life treating you at the moment? Well, right now, to be honest, I have a bit of butterflies. I'm feeling a little bit nervous, um, but excited at the same time inside of that. Um, and how have I been doing? Uh, at the moment, I would say I'm on one of those, those upward waves, kind of riding, riding the highs of just what I'm working on and things that I'm doing. Um, but you know, as this whole COVID thing goes, there's been ups and downs. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of, I guess enjoying some um, some nice relaxing time over this weekend and, and some positive energy right now. Yeah, I love that. For those of you who don't know, DJ is the one who also does all the mastering for the podcast. So he's been in the works as my first guest for a little while and we've been trying to put it off until we could be together in person. But, you know, we're riding those highs and lows of lockdown and just taking whatever comes. Um, before we get into the topic, I wanted to practice a little bit of gratitude with you because I know that you know all about that as well. I wanted to ask you two things. One is what's something you're grateful for at the moment? Something I'm grateful for at the moment, it'd have to be the sun. 
the sunshine that's coming out right now. It is just gorgeous. I've, I've enjoyed a few weekends just being out there, soaking it all in. Um, yeah, absolutely the sun. Yeah, I definitely echo that sentiment as well. And my second question is, what's something interesting that you've learned lately? Oh, something interesting that I've learned lately. Hmm. Well, I guess this one, this one might be pretty deep, but I was listening to a podcast the other day on impact theory um, and the, the host of the podcast, Tom Bilyeu, said something that really stuck with me. And he said, um, the question that matters most in life, the big question is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. And that one was just like, wow, that is some deep wisdom. That is some insight right there. Um, and I guess that's just been, that's just been bouncing around, um, for me in in the background and that's what's come up now. I feel like that actually connects into the episode two that we did a couple of weeks ago, which is all about idealism and identity and how much you feel yourself in different situations. But I think that that's such a valuable lesson to learn as well. Being able to really hone into who you are when you are alone is so important. Um, so let's get into the episode let's get into the topic you have so much interest areas you do so many different things in the creative space but you are someone that I think both of us have gone through like quite an interesting mental health and well-being journey over the years and we talk about this kind of stuff a lot so when we discussed um, an episode it came very naturally that it was going to be around these kinds of ideas so for everyone who's listening for the people in the community who've had that little teaser as the name do you want to explain your sort of like conception of the dopamine matrix? you know, on a surface level, and then we'll dive in as we go along. The dopamine matrix. Well, yes, uh, it's a huge topic and hopefully I can do it some justice by uh, unpacking it a little bit and I'm sure we'll, we'll unpack it a little bit more mate, uh, later. But basically, um, dopamine is what motivates us to do anything. It's the chemical in our brain that um, what makes us want to get up in the morning. It's the chemical in our brain that makes us want to go out and do things. And essentially what's happened is we've initially evolved this kind of, um, this, this chemical system as, as a way of, um, survival. It motivates us when we, back when we were monkeys to go and eat bananas and do things that had fitness payoffs, things that would help us reproduce or things that would just make us healthier or more likely to survive. And what's happened these days is this biology is is really not quite serving us in the way that it used to because there are so many things in this day and age that play into um, the dopamine system and, and, and the triggers of dopamine. And it means that we are now being motivated and guided to do things that um, aren't actually in our interests of survival and ne- aren't necessarily things that we actually want to be doing. Um, it's essentially chemicals in our brain that are... Uh, are making us uh, have tendencies towards things that um, we're not fully conscious of or not fully aware of. And that's kind of where the idea of this matrix comes in because it's, it's really about understanding the way that um, these, these, these chemical systems in our brain um, impact on, on what we want to do and how we spend our time. Yeah, this is so interesting when you flagged this sort of idea with me. It just, there's so many offshoots to this that I've got to stop myself getting getting all excited about right away. Now, in terms of the Matrix element of it, um, I've got to admit, I only actually watched the films, The Matrix, a couple of months ago. 
Um, so anyone else who's listening who maybe isn't as clued up on the films or, you know, what the term matrix means in this kind of environment, could you expand a little bit more on that sort of like idea of it being that sort of loop? Yeah, sure. So essentially the matrix, um, it came from a, a really seminal film, uh, back in, I think it was the two thousands, that era. And the idea is that in the matrix sense, in the movie, we are living in a simulation and that the, the real us, our real bodies, our, um, our, our, our human bodies are actually um, outside of the matrix. And we're just in this kind of cognitive dreamland where uh, we're just going through the everyday motions, but they're not really connected to the, the true reality that's out there. Um, and I guess like how that relates to what we're talking about is um, awareness and, and being in a, in a system that we're not fully conscious of or not fully aware of. There's a, a system out there and it's, it's kind of in the way that we have media and technology and these ideas of um, video games and movies. All of these things kind of uh, trigger react reactions of dopamine in our brain and that keeps us from being fully aware of the effects that are, that are acting on us. And for yourself, and I guess, you know, for the help of others, how do you feel people can come to an awareness of this in the sense of becoming more intentional in their behavior if they're sort of being um, pulled between what they want to be doing versus what they're sort of being conditioned to do or the habits and routines that they're sort of trapped in? Cool. Well, I guess the, the biggest... Something that might open up uh, for people like what, what dopamine is and, and how it might work so that they can have some awareness of like what they can do about it. Um, basically, have you ever binged Netflix for like 10 hours or played video games for like a whole day and you didn't even really feel like you needed to get up to eat anything? You were just kind of in bed doing your thing. You were just totally in the zone. Um, that's essentially the power of dopamine. And, and the way it works is um, we have a, a human kind of side of our, our brain, if you will, and we have an animal side of our brain. Now, these aren't literal sides of our brains, but I'm just using it as kind of like an analogy or, or a metaphor to, to really bring this out. Um, and basically, we have this, this human side of ourselves, which is um, our ability to kind of uh, push us to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. So it's, it's basically our willpower if you will. That's kind of like the, what, what I might call the human spirit. It's, it's kind of like a, a higher form of, of consciousness that we're on. We're able to make ourselves do things that uh, naturally we, we might be a bit resistant towards, resistant towards doing. And where dopamine comes into it is it's on the other side of the spectrum. It's on the animal side of the brain. And the animal side of the brain has infinite amounts of energy. It can just keep going and going and going. And that's essentially what um, dopamine is. And that's why those binges can last for 10 hours and we don't need willpower to get through them. We're not draining ourselves by doing it. We're just completely locked into that. And the really interesting thing about dopamine is because it's from that animal side of the brain, it's so powerful that it can override all of our other instincts. Um, there have been really interesting studies with like mice where um, they were ignoring like food payoffs just to be able to get more dopamine. There were triggers that would just trigger dopamine for them and they'd actually forego like pain and food and all these other things uh, just to get to dopamine and, and get that dopamine release. So really it comes back down to that understanding of um, this is something that is in our everyday lives and Different triggers for dopamine might be, for example, the push notifications that you get on your phone. 
um, every, every one of those little red icons on your apps as well. Every time you see one of those, it's basically like a little, um, it, it, it's saying, come collect me. There's some dopamine here for you to come and get and come engage with this. And basically what I would say for people, and we can get into this a little bit later, cause I feel like there might be a little bit more explaining, but, um, it's really about being almost this idea of detoxing dopamine and being a bit more conscious about the ways in which we consume dopamine and ultimately uh, redirecting our, our relationships with certain activities, the, the ones that we actually want to be doing to have them triggering the dopamine instead of other activities. Um, for instance, playing video games, might be watching movies or it might just be scrolling on Tinder or swiping on Tinder. Um, it could be, it could be anything like that. Um, so yeah, that's at the core of it. Yeah. I think that idea of that, that human spirit and then like the sort of animal brain is really interesting in that, you know, it comes down to like learning patterns and behaviors and yeah, re-registering what positive forms of dopamine you can get and what are sort of just like instinctive forms of dopamine, I guess that's sort of in the way you've explained it there. Um, and I think also like that idea of like decision fatigue where, we have a finite number of decisions we can make every day. And if we make those more clearly, then maybe we can um, harness our dopamine a bit more effectively. So for you and like how you come to understand this sort of concept and like what other areas of like well-being that you've looked into, like what is it about this um, way of thinking about, you know, your decision making and everything that has resonated with you? And, you know, how did that develop from other um ways of thinking about wellness that you might have experienced previously? Mm. Well, on the mechanical side of this dopamine stuff, and I think this might unlock the answer to your question, um, our brain doesn't distinguish between the sources of dopamine. It's either a one or a zero in the brain. You either have dopamine or you don't. And that means that it's not very conscious of the things that it's doing. It's just searching for um, that one. It's just looking for that source of dopamine. And when I first kind of came across this and realized this, I, I, just, I just had a step back and, and, and really kind of looked at my life and, and the things that I was doing. Um, I used to play a fair bit of video games and um, watch, a, watch a bit of Netflix and stuff. And I just realized that um, it wasn't really something that I felt good about doing. And I think this is the, the, the tool that I, I used as a, as a way of categorizing this. And I think it might be really useful for people who are listening to this is if you write down two columns on a sheet of paper and then on the, on the left column, you write um, feel good. And then on the right column, you write down feel good about self. And you basically look at the activities you're doing just in your general life and you just categorize them by the things that make you feel good in the moment. And then the things that make you feel good about yourself that might be in the moment, but it's more often the things after doing them that you feel really good about. And once I kind of looked at this and I saw the activities, it really became clear that the things that made me feel good in the moment didn't really make me feel good about myself after doing them. And those also happened to be activities that triggered huge amounts of dopamine. And as a really quick digression, these things like movies and video games, they've been designed to release as much dopamine as humanly possible, way more than our brains were ever evolved to be able to handle and way more than any of those activities that make you feel good about yourself. 
And that's the, that's the real key to the matrix here. It's that um, those activities that we find ourselves doing, the activities that we um, kind of might procrastinate with or just, just get into when there's other things that we really want to be doing, the reason why that's happening, it's not because you don't have willpower. It's not because you don't have like this, this strong sense of drive or being able to do it. It's actually because your, your brain has developed a, a tolerance to a certain level of dopamine that is given off by these activities like movies and video games and cleaning up your room or going on a walk or producing music or making artwork. These things aren't going to naturally reward the same level of dopamine as something like video games. It's just not going to happen. Everything with video games, movies, those level ups, new things unlocked, new messages, everything like that, they all trigger just huge amounts of dopamine in comparison to working on a piece of artwork. So I really just, to, to answer your question, I, I stepped back and I thought, okay, the things that make me feel good about myself, that's what I really want to be doing more of. I, I really just want to be in this positive feedback cycle of just doing things that, that make me feel good, which gives me momentum to, to jump onto the other thing. And that's what this came down to. And I realized that I had to really do a dopamine detox and kind of reduce some of those things that were, were triggering these huge amounts of dopamine so that I'd feel naturally rewarded by the things that I really, really wanted to be doing. And I think that's the key. It's to naturally reward ourselves using dopamine for the things that we want to be doing. And that will just motivate us intrinsically to do more of them. I love this so much. There's so many things there that I want to unpack with you. I guess as soon as you started saying about the two lists, I was doing that in my head, but it also reminds me of what uh, some of the respondents in the questionnaire said in that, you know, the activities that they maybe don't spend as much time on, but that they wish they did more. A lot of it was like yoga, journaling, meditation, going for a walk. And that sort of like idea of like delayed gratification in that you don't get the dopamine at the beginning, you get it at the end. When you sit back and you think about your day, you're like, oh, I really took that time and I did those activities and that makes me feel good and happy. Whereas, you know, when you have to get up out of bed in the morning early to go and work out, that's not exactly, yeah, it's not hitting those dopamine triggers as soon as you wake up. And also that idea about willpower. Um, I've watched a YouTube video recently, which really helped change my perspective on procrastination around the idea that willpower is not the issue. It's, you know, your, your routines and your habits and your environment that is the problem. And yes, willpower is a great concept, but it's in a way it's like motivation. It comes and it goes and it's not actually like inherent to your ability to be able to do an activity. I think that point about the detox is really interesting and really important. And I think, you know, the term detox is thrown around in a lot of different circles with well-being, and it's not always a positive thing to do, but what, what did the detox for you look like and how long do you think it took you to really come to terms with, um, after sort of figuring out what the things were that you wanted to implement and actually feeling like that was sort of a natural part of your day. Do you think that there's a timeline there or is it just something that kind of like evolved over um, your learning? Yeah, totally. Well, hopefully I can stay on track here, <laughs> but- um, It is called the Don't Get Me Started podcast for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll talk about uh, about this question kind of in two parts. I think um, the, the first part will just be around um, what what we can do and, and what I did to be able to uh, just just do that detox or essentially reduce some of those huge 
um, dopamine triggering activities in my life. And then the second part can be around like the, the timelines and like how long that, that takes, that took for me to start seeing some like really awesome results. Um, so I'll jump into it. The, uh, the first part, and I, and I think this is, this is probably the, the easiest one to start with is, um, have a look at the apps in your phone. Uh, and yeah, this is going to be tough, but basically Facebook, Instagram, um, any of your swiping apps, <laughs> you know, the ones I'm talking about, um, any of those, those dopamine triggering a- applications, those ones that you constantly find yourselves back on, um, chuck them all into a folder together. So, so pop them all into a folder, into a collection together. So they just, they're just in one spot. They make up one thing and just like write that out as dopamine, just like call the name of it dopamine. If you want all caps, it dopamine, make it really obvious and move those away from your first page and chuck them on like your second or third page. You want them to be like far enough away so that you're not, so that it takes some time to get there, but not too far so that you just end up searching them in the top search bar, right? So it's, it's finding that sweet spot for you. And basically what will happen is you'll start realizing um, how often this happens. It's crazy at first. Um, you'll just be on your phone. It'll have opened up. You won't even be aware of the fact that you've opened your phone up and you're looking at it. You'll then be like swiping across, swiping across. You'll click on the dopamine folder and just as you've done that, you realize that you're, you're going for some dopamine and that this thing is happening to you. And it might just be enough for you to be co- consciously aware of what's happening and go, okay, maybe I'm not going to open that application. And that's the crazy thing about this. And that's the idea of the matrix, right? It's that we, we do this and we don't even realize it's happening. Um, and I think after you put these apps in the folder, it'll really make it clear just like how often these things happen and, and how much of a, a habit it is. Um, so that's one great way to do it. And the second part of that as well is, um, notifications. And it's basically on all of those applications, just fully turn notifications off. I'd say like, feel free to keep your messenger notifications on being in touch with people, especially in these times. It's super important, but things like Facebook, Instagram, that stuff, just fully turn off the notifications. Any of your scrolling based um, apps, just, just fully turn off notifications, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, you won't miss out on anything. And I know it feels like that. And essentially what you're going to be missing out on is that huge source of dopamine, but it's nothing that's innately hugely, um, I would say meaningful to us, right? It's just that, it's just that chemical association. And you'll start to, to redefine your relationship with um, these these apps and these things that you've previously had a really strong dopamine tolerance to and connection with, and you'll start doing them more voluntarily. It'll be more of a conscious decision. Hey, I want to connect with people. Hey, I, I want to relax and, and watch a video. Instead of being summoned there by a notification, you're voluntarily stepping into that. And it comes into this idea of like self-actualization and it really improves self-esteem because instead of being kind of like pulled on a leash by this idea of notifications and dopamine and missing out, you're doing things on your own terms when you want to, that fits with your life. And I think that's kind of at the core of of what I'm trying to get at here. So the second side of things is is how long um, it took for things to to come into effect. Well, I basically started doing this at at the start of isolation over in March. So it's been a little while. It's been a bit of a social experiment. Um, I'm feeling fantastic right now. Everything that I'm doing is from my feel good about self list, which has just been a 
a really positive feedback cycle to be a part of. And I'm finding I have just so much more energy than I used to. Instead of needing time to like recharge and recharge would typically mean like watching videos on YouTube or just scrolling through Instagram. I'm now able to just chain activities that I get a lot of value out of. I'm able to finish work for the day and then decide to sit down and and make some artwork. And then after that, I might go and cook for an hour. And then after that, I might sit down and play some guitar. And then after that, like I might go and work on some music. And it's just this really positive uh, cycle and, and it feels very wholesome as a pattern. But it's taken a while to get there, like quite a while to get there, I would say. Um, and at first, it's it's actually really difficult to, to stay off these things. And um, something I will say, and this might resonate with people, is that um, when you do one thing that triggers that huge amount of dopamine, you're letting the floodgates in. You're like fully opening things out. And that's how you might decide to just if, if you if you do that one thing, you might end up doing a whole weekend and feel just yucky afterwards. It's that's the what the nature of this dopamine stuff is that um, doing doing one thing in one aspect of your life will affect the other areas that you're also trying to um, moderate or do less of. So the idea of kind of like um, spending ages scrolling through Facebook kind of makes you more susceptible to um, watching heaps of YouTube videos. It's all in the same vein. So this idea of like moderating one area and not the others, it doesn't really hold up as much when we're trying to address something like this. So it's really difficult to try and moderate all of those things at the same time, but it becomes absolutely effortless in a while. Um, For me, I would say it took about about a month and a half to start really start feeling that the it, well, it was immediate uh, noticing the impact of dopamine, but really starting f- to find that intrinsic motivation to just go and do the things that I love started coming at about the month and a month and a half mark. And you'll find kind of after two months or so, you'll be able to start building out all of these positive habits and routines that used to be a real chore to try and do things like meditating, um, things just like doing the laundry, things like doing the dishes, any of these kind of things that you might have used to have seen as kind of like things that you would push yourself to do because they were good for you or your chores become really awesome activities of mindfulness because we're doing them more consciously uh, and we're not making a trade-off between that and these really high sources of dopamine. So that's kind of um, my, my response to, I guess, the the timelines and... Um, yeah, I I guess we'll unpack a little bit more after that. <laughs> I think there's so much there and I love it. I love your passion for this. You just you speak so sincerely about it. It's great. Um I think I've got my own like guilty story around trying to minimize social media apps. At the beginning of like the round two of lockdown, I, you know, completely got rid of Snapchat and I deleted Facebook and Instagram off my phone, you know, turned off all my notifications, did all the good things because I knew I needed to, you know, create that intentional change. Um, I spent 45 minutes one morning scrolling through my settings on my phone in bed because I didn't have any of the apps. And I was just so used to that behavior and that pattern of starting my day like that. And when I caught myself in that moment, I was just like, whoa whoa, 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 step back. It's great that I'd obviously gotten rid of the apps, but it does take that little bit of, you know, you got to commit to it because you're right. You open those floodgates and you're back, you're back in that chain cycle, which I think is super interesting to recognize as well, that it is kind of like a domino effect 
with a lot of this, you know, if there are, you know, we all go Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and you do that routine, you know, if you then open one, you're going to open the others. So it's so much about um, connecting to your, yeah, just sitting back and connecting to your thought patterns, which I think is fascinating. I did want to ask as well, because I think this is an interesting um, factor, given that the world that we're living in at the moment and us both being in lockdown and how long that's been going on. You talked about the fact that this was something that you sort of began to do at the beginning of lockdown. And I personally have also noticed that I've been able to make more time for things like stretching and journaling, gratitudes and everything, because lockdown's taken away some of that sort of like hustle of, you know, moving between spaces and places and seeing extra people for yourself. And then also more generally, do you think that um, it's going to be quite easy now that you've sort of established these routines to translate them back into life when everything opens back up again? Um, Or do you think that given the sort of need to recharge, like you mentioned, is that just inherently more prevalent when the world is opened up and we've actually just conserving a lot more energy because of lockdown as a whole? Great question. Yeah. It's, um, look, it's, it's a really, it's a really important thing to unpack and we are in a, in a time in which you know, this is completely isolated and unique from what we previously experienced. And look, it's very likely that moving forward, it's, it's going to be very different from what we experienced in the past. Um, what I will say is that I think this is completely portable to the new world, whatever we're stepping into. And really, I would say it's, it's kind of the, um, the mechanism for being more conscious about the lifestyle that we want to live. So, it's the thing that enables us to kind of to kind of redesign our lifestyle and, and do the things that we want to find um, that we want to find fulfillment from. So I don't I don't think that being outside in the world and and moving around is going to um, drain us in a way that we need to be recharged by activities that are super high in dopamine. I think they're almost two different things and it's 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 just coming back to this idea of a, a dopamine tolerance which is that the the lower um, the the less dopamine intensive activities we take we, we, we do the lower the need the lower the tolerance of dopamine is which means that everything that you do will become innately a bit more motivating and fulfilling and I think that's the really important point. It's that all of a sudden the things that you're doing at work, all of a sudden those, those little moments here and there, because if you can almost imagine it as like, uh, you know, those, those carnival games where you'd have to like hit the thing and it goes all the way up to the top and it gives you like, it shows you how strong you are. Basically it's this counter that goes all the way up. Imagine that in the terms of um, these activities and imagine you're now way, way, the, the, the bar for what, uh, success looks like is now way lower. It's way easier to achieve for all of your different activities that you're doing when you're not having some of these activities that are pushing the bar way, way higher, like video games, etc. So essentially you get actually more energy out of doing the activities that you would do in regular life um, by living this kind of lifestyle, by, by reducing these, these sources of dopamine and, and those, those high dopamine consuming activities. So I actually think it's probably, if, if anything, more compatible uh, with, with the world that we're about to step into. And this is a, this is a wonderful kind of opportunity to um, have very little um, 
confounding variables. And like what that means is very little variables that kind of confuse us and make the waters murky as to what's actually helping us and, and what's what we what we need and what's what, what we just want, really. And this is a great time to just experiment and, and find out what these things are. And the great thing about um, reducing that, that amount of dopamine is it's a lot easier to detect the activities that are really lighting you up and that are really energizing you after doing them. Um, if you're just on this on this kind of uh, more balanced level. Yeah, I think that's really, it's really valid in the way that, you know, we still do have control even when the world is more opened up. And just because we are in a sort of like, yeah, more controlled environment with less variables, it doesn't remove our potential in the future to continue these kinds of patterns. Now, you kind of touched on it before and, you know, you don't have to give me super detailed analysis, but I'd be interested to know what your sort of like, ideal day now looks like with these kinds of thinking implemented like what do you actually do with your time and how do you feel at the end of every day maybe compared to what you were doing on the regular beforehand amazing yeah okay (laughs) let's do it let's do it um basically I wake up in the morning and I do a quick meditation for about uh, 10 minutes or so slowly getting that time up there a little bit but uh, taking baby steps Meditation was actually the um, the last piece of the puzzle for now, at least that I that I added on, or the most recent piece, I should say, um, because I've slowly been building these things up over time, um, and it's that it's it's what we've been talking about that's enabled me to do that. But coming back to it, uh, meditation is how I start the day. I then get out of bed, I jump into a cold shower for ninety seconds, and then uh, finish off with some hot, just to kind of like uh, <laughs> warm me up a little bit. Uh, no surprise that it's it's really cold right now uh, in Melbourne and it has been through winter. So finishing on the hot is almost necessary, I would say. Um, then after that, I, uh, I I make some some breakfast. I have this like awesome just like oats and nuts and yogurt and just like muesli combination that just gives me so much like just f yeah in the morning. Uh, I eat that thing and I I just I just feel like this is something that I've made for myself and that's just a beautiful part of my routine um, that I appreciate hugely. Um, I then have a, a cup of tea and I'm just like kind of sitting down, really just like taking it in and, and absorbing. I, I've spent ages trying to find this tea. It's like a, a rooibos and chai hybrid and I found it as to be like one of my one of my favorite tea choices I've tried out a whole lot from um, my local supermarket because I really wanted to with intention find something that would just light me up and um, that I could do every day and I think um, just to pause on that a little bit like it's it's the little things that we can do each day that can bring us so much joy and that's why I took some time to really find a tea that I loved and, and put some effort into that because every time I drink that in the morning I get to experience the just the the, the fruits of having put time into to finding that um, but yeah fast forwarding I uh I can then I just interject and yeah go, go interject and say um we might have to do a whole other episode about tea because when I first spoke to DJ about this topic the tea thing came up and we had a solid solid half an hour chat about tea <laughs> types when he was trying to hunt down this ideal tea so it's so nice to hear that he's found his his ideal blend yeah yeah look it's been a it's been a journey but um we're getting there and i and i'm so stoked to have this milestone of the uh the good old robust and chai uh in the morning to uh to show for it um 
yeah, <laughs> thanks for thanks for stopping there. That's uh, it's nice to reflect on that, I guess. Um, okay, so from there, I have uh, as as some of you guys might have heard at the start, I uh, at the start of the podcast, I work at a, at a mental health organization called the Man Cave. Um, we basically have a, a check-in every day with our team where we have two minutes each without anyone else speaking to speak about how we're feeling right now in this moment. Not what we're doing, not what we've been up to, but how we are genuinely feeling in this moment and what we're bringing to the table at work in terms of that baggage, that emotional baggage that we all carry. So after kind of checking in that baggage and um, getting some general updates from the team, we, we spend half an hour kind of connecting over, over video call and then it's just like into the work day. Um, I work a nine to five, Monday to Friday, kind of like eight hour day. Um, and intermittently through there, I'll, I'll do some stretching as a way of kind of uh, breaking up my, my days. I try and get out in the sun and do that stretching. Um, and something that I've really been trying to focus on is just like having my phone on do not disturb the entire time and just, just being there, just being in that container of, of work and focus. And um, even on my breaks, just trying not to fill it with, with things that are from my phone, that are from that dopamine folder. Uh, just really staying in that moment, being present with it. Um, and then uh, closing out my day, I do this kind of calisthenics program, this at-home calisthenics program workout that I've just absolutely been loving. At the moment, it's like an, a hit workout, every minute on the minute kind of workout, which I'm just, I'm really enjoying and I'm loving the, the kind of skills and the progression that's coming with that. Um, I, I finish things up with like this this awesome smoothie that I've spent ages kind of crafting, and it's it's another one of those things that kind of bookends my day on a, on a really positive note. Similar to the tea, it's just that like moment of intention, um, and that's kind of my that marks my my transition into kind of like me time at the end of the day. I might uh, after that jump on and, and knock off a few tasks for for Equinox, um, which I'm not sure if we mentioned in the intro, but it's like. Uh, an event company that I that I run with uh, some of my closest mates, uh, Braden, Tom, Will, giving you a bit of a shout out there and, and all the other Equinox dudes. Um, and yeah, so just do a bit of work on that. Um, then might sit down, try and work on Ableton. I'm trying to like learn how to produce at the moment. So um, just picking up that that new kind of activity. And it's just like after that, it's just closing off the day with with just some like relaxing, just making some artwork, which is an absolutely safe space for me to just chill out and, and do my thing. And then I might uh, might actually check the dopamine folder and see if there's anyone uh, online that I, I might want to reply to or, or talk to. And that's where that moment of kind of being, being conscious about it comes in because it's something that I get to look forward to at the end of every day. And I feel like I'm having a genuine connection with people um, by doing that. In, instead of it being this kind of intermittent, interdispersed thing that is just filling the time between activities, it's something that I'm I'm consciously doing and, and, and seeking. And I think particularly in a time like this with isolation, with with connection being so important, um, it's just something I've, I've I've really enjoyed doing. And yeah, it, it's 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 really just kept me in, at my center and and in balance through this time. It's just been kind of keeping these activities in balance and really taking the time to, to think of not just like, what do I want to be doing with my time, but like how much time do I want to be spending on each of those things? No wonder you are feeling good because that day sounds very fulfilled and like very <laughs> holistic. You know, you're taking care of your mind first thing in the morning, taking care of your body with your stretching and everything like that. And then that sort of soul activity of, you know, doing Equinox, which 
maybe, you know, the boys, if you're getting a shout out, maybe you've all got to come on at some point and talk about what that's all about and like all the artwork that you do and everything. And I think that's the kind of day that, you know, I personally also enjoy living those kinds of days. And I really like as well that you're not advocating for everyone to completely delete social media because I think that's quite a switch off point because Mm. there's so many of us who do use it in that really genuine way. And it is such a part of our socializing and our lifestyles. But I agree in that when you minimize your use and you come to it with intention, it actually makes it, it actually feels good to use it at those times, you know, Mm. particularly when, you know, you have a curated Instagram feed or, you know, you have a minimal amount of people that you're actually friends with on Facebook. You genuinely get to see things you want to see from everyone. And that's, yeah, it's a lot nicer and it can be, yeah, it can be something super positive. Um, So I love that you still have that involved. Now, you've obviously sort of covered this, but I kind of wanted to hone in on the the sort of point of this podcast, I guess, in a sense of what makes you so passionate about this and what do you think it can actually achieve for people and their community? And like if everyone listening to this podcast started to implement this sort of type of approach to their day, what what benefit do you think is going to come of that sort of, you know, beyond just the individual Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I guess I might just speak to the individual first and then like speak to how it goes beyond that. Um, I think the best thing for me has just been the, the self-esteem and the integrity that I felt from, from, from doing this. I, uh, because I'm, I'm deciding to do everything that I do and it's, it's no longer kind of like a reaction or, or I'm chasing something chemically, um, which, is, which is dopamine. Um, it's just meant that I, I'm living life well and truly on my own terms. And I feel like that's a that's a beautiful way for for just people to to experience this world and this life. I, uh, I I almost coming back to that 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 question of like how do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? Um, I I think that having that integrity, like having having that knowing that you're living life on your own terms with intention and and the way that you want to go about it, really makes you feel when you're when you're by yourself like you're doing you and and. It's again coming back to your your podcast from last week. Like it's a, it's a great way to really drill into like, or or unpack I should say like who we are and and knowing ourselves, um, and I think in in terms of like how it spreads to other people and I'm sure I could talk about this this, this question for quite a while, but I'll, I'll try and be succinct. It's just like having coming to, to things with it, with the with intention and I guess what this really comes down to is this idea of, of being conscious which which to me means doing things with intention um, and that's what unplugging and, and stepping out of the matrix is when we when we reach out to other people and we want to connect with them we're bringing all of ourselves to the table and that's what this is really about it's I'm not messaging you because I'm in between my my coffee and my work break and that's when I'm doing things, although that's totally fine and like fully support people who, who are doing that. It, it really brings something special when people be here now and they say, I, you know, they really embody the idea of, of this, is, this is what I'm focusing myself on right now. I'm here, I'm here with you and I, and I want to do this thing. Um, and I might just quickly speak to as well the idea of goals um, because this is, this is where dopamine like really gets next level. And it's the idea of rewiring the dopamine system to work, to make you work better towards your goals and to actually give you positive feedback 
when you're working towards your goals. So just to dive into it really quickly, um, dopamine doesn't like, okay, say you want to go and do something. You don't, you're not going to have the motivation to go and do it from the get go, right? You, you like the idea of going and doing it, but the motivation is not there and it's never going to be there because motivation is dopamine and that's not how dopamine actually works. How it works is once you do the thing, once you get going, that's when you get the dopamine payoff. And it's your, your, every single thing that you do in this world, you have like every activity has its own unique relationship with you in terms of the way that the dopamine works. And it's this idea that once you have established that relationship and you've started building it and you've said, okay, when I go in and sit down and produce music or make artwork, I get something done or I just make some progress. And then that in turn gives you a dopamine payoff. And then that in turn makes you motivated to go and sit down tomorrow and work towards that thing. You know, it might be trying out a new makeup look. It might be um, going and, and having a stretch, right? It, it could be anything at all. And it's, it's about creating the, a relationship with these activities uh, that, that, that really develops and flourishes over time. And I think the, the key thing here is, has anyone ever felt like they've gotten to the max level of a video game or they got that place in, in the competition that they were looking for or they completed their exam and all of a sudden they just like don't have any kind of motivation or passion towards doing that thing anymore. It's just like it evaporated for some reason. It's like, it doesn't make any sense, right? It's like, I, I, I love this thing and then a thing happened and then the next moment it's just like, I don't, I don't really feel motivated to do it anymore. Like why, why does that happen? Well, the reason is like dopamine payoffs happen when we're working towards a goal. And once we achieve that goal, we're actually adjusting our relationship to that activity in so, in so that it no longer gives us the dopamine payoff it once used to. So a really key thing, and, and this is something that it unlocked for me, is um, once you set that goal, have it be, make sure you're resetting those goals and that they're not kind of passively being reached. So being, being quite intentional about what you're setting for yourself, and it will mean that every time, let's say, let's say my goal is to have um, a, clear, a clear mind and home. Let's say that's, that's one of my goals for 2020. Well, every single time I meditate in the morning, I'm then getting a dopamine payoff and release on that because I'm working towards having a clear mind. Every time I clear my room or my office, I'm then getting a dopamine hit from that because I'm working for, towards this idea of having a clear home. And that's really what this is, this is creating for us. It's, it's about in enabling us to be rewarded and, and intrinsically motivated to do those things that we really want to achieve for ourselves by, by making the biology catch up with kind of our, our intentions and emotions and what kind of our, our higher self, our higher consciousness really wants for us. No, I love, I love that idea so much. And I really resonate with that in when you, yeah, when you come to every day with intention, it enables you to sort of yeah clear your vision about what you want to put out into the world and what you're willing to receive as well and you know when it comes to that sort of like engagement with others but then also with goal setting it's there's so many cliches I guess that you learn growing up that um when you sort of start to really knuckle down into these things you understand where they come from like the idea of your vibe attracts your tribe 
you know, that for me is like super real when we talk about this kind of stuff, because if you're putting out an intentional self every day and you're setting realistic goals that you're then achieving for yourself and in your own integrity, you start to recognize the people around you who do similar and, you know, you come to those relationships in a much more genuine way because there's just that mutual understanding and respect for each other and your goals. Um, But so much of that comes down to just being really in tune with yourself and respecting that. And yeah, I think that's so important um, with everything that's going on in the world and always, um, always has been really. Um, Before we wrap up for today, I wanted to ask if there's anything else you want to talk about, anything else you want to say, don't, don't feel like you've got to hold back. You've got the, you've got the floor if you want it. Um, Yeah. Anything else on this topic or connected things that you feel would be valuable to pass on? Yeah, wow. Well, look, I really, um, I really hope I, I did this one some justice. I feel like there's still quite a lot that I, that I left on the table there, and um, I, I just can't quite <laughs> summon it back um, into my mind to be able to convey to you guys right here and now. But um, I'll be there well and truly in the comments section to kind of unpack this stuff with you. But a few, a few things that I guess I'd like to, to wrap up on. Um, the first one is just like looking at kind of the responses to the surveys that came through. Um, and the, the initial question of like, do you have things you love to do, but seem to put off or not find time for? And a hundred percent, 100% of people said yes to that, which is just, I think it really goes to show that this is, this is just the reality, really this whole dopamine situation, whatever you want to call it, like, it's just the reality of the world that we're in right now. Um, and there are definitely things we can do about it. And just touching on the second question as well, um, do you currently feel like there are things in your life you want to do less of, but tend to do them anyway? This one was um, a little more split, but it was 66% of people said, yes, there are, there are things that I want to do less of. And 33% of people said, no, I'm like pretty, pretty happy with kind of what I'm, what I'm doing right now in terms of just um, minimizing things that I, I don't really want to be doing. And um, I just think that the, the important thing here is like, these, we can totally turn these, these statistics around and it's, it's entirely achievable. And I've really experienced it firsthand through just this period in, in isolation. And, um, it just takes the edge off life. I would say, um, it, it really, it really just makes things a lot less, um, intense, stressful. I, I feel more calm and relaxed from just, operating on this on this different kind of um just this different wavelength I guess um so yeah I think that's kind of that's kind of where where things are at for me if you if you have any more questions like I'm more than happy to just kind of unpack a few things but um I think that's what I got for now yeah, everyone's definitely going to have to jump on the Facebook community with this one. And I'm so interested to see what everyone thinks. I would love if everybody sat down after listening to this and did DJ's two list idea of doing, you know, the things that feel good and the things that make you feel good about yourself. Um, I think that'd be so interesting for people to take that time to unpack it. And then, you know, even comment with some of the ones that you found surprising 
in when you really sat down and thought about it, which way you categorized each of those. But this has been a great first guest episode, if I do say so myself. I've really enjoyed this and I'm so excited for everyone to listen to it. So thank you so much for coming on, DJ. And thank you as well for being the audio guru behind my learning curve. Um, This podcast wouldn't really actually be here without Deej. So you all have a lot to thank him for, basically. It's uh, it's been such a pleasure, Thee. Thanks for having me on. Um, And I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation with you all uh, over the coming week. So this has been episode three of Get Me Started. I hope you all have a lovely day. Jump on the community, let us know what you think and uh, hope you tune in to the next episode in a fortnight's time. Thanks everyone.